Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Football Fig Nuts podcast. This is episode 42, and I am Britt. I'm Craig. This week, we are literally coming to you hours before the draft, but when you hear this, it will be hours after the first round of the draft. That's right. So you will hear some speculation sure to go improperly. Uh, We will also talk about burning hot takes. We will try not to bash the Patriots, uh, and we are going to say hi to Deb. Hi, Deb. But first, I have brought us a new beer to try tonight, Craig. You did. In front of you, you have Mosaic Session IPA by Blue Point Brewing Company. Uh, Blue Point, I believe, is based out on Long Island. We've had some of their other stuff in the past. Yeah, I- we had the um, the plunge one, the guy with the diving helmet. Yes, uh, I also almost bought Hoptical Illusion, which is a New England double. But again, I'm trying to go light. Don't, don't even get me started on the, the, how much beer I had this weekend. I mean, seriously, <laughs> at the curling event. So while, while Craig's getting ready to taste that. So long story short, I'm there all weekend. Saturday, I play a match at 945 and I win, which means my next match is 715 p.m. So I get off the ice at 1130 and okay. I don't have anything to do for the next seven hours. And you didn't go home. No, I should have gone home. I should have gone home. My my other one of my other players said, "I'm going to go home and take a nap." I said, "Hell no! It's a big party. I'm hanging out." Uh. Steak. Yeah. Well, the problem is when you go to those things, all you do is eat and drink. So by six o'clock, I was in a pretty good food coma. Okay. Uh, fueled by alcohol as well. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was drunk. I was not drunk. I, I actually did a pretty good job of balancing out, and making sure I had a lot of water and other stuff in between, and I. I pace myself pretty well, but when you factor in the fact that people are constantly handing you something to eat, oh my God, forget it. I was, oh, uh, we had a good time, but tell me about the mosaic. I'm going to take a sip now. You tell me what you thought. Um, it's really light up front, and then the the dryness of the IPA hits you on the back end. Oh, yeah. But you don't expect it, and then it's like, Ugh. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Also, this this bottle comes with uh, instructions. Yeah, what does it say? It says, please remove bottle cap before drinking. That That's good advice. That is. I, I don't know how you would drink this bottle otherwise. I mean, you can't shotgun it. This is not a can. No. But, no. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah. Burning hot takes. What do you you want to start or you want me to start this week? Um, I'll start. What do you um, got? This, this relates to beer since I had a, a beer earlier. Okay. Um, I had a beer um because you were in the boss. city today on i business. was in the city and um and afterwards a, you decided to enjoy got yourself. a beer on the way home for the train uh don't worry it was after like you know lunchtime so yeah it was like four and i was up i got up at 4 a.m so by then it was already like past five o'clock oh my god in my that's head. like that's like seven or eight o'clock at night for normal people yeah um so this the beers they do um they do a lot of collaboration okay this brewery which I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll look it up because it cans downstairs. Right. Anyway, this one was done with the um, <clears throat> Connecticut Institute, um, Culinary Institute. Was it Connecticut Institute or, or I think New it's York? The canola, I think it's just canola. The, okay. The Culinary Institute, but I don't know which. Probably somewhere in New York, I would guess. Probably. But okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, so it was a New England IPA. Okay. With time in it. Time the time spice. Time the spice. Timey, like T H Y M E. Yes. My question to you is, how do you feel about beers that are sp- like with actual spices? Is that like crossing a line in your head? I think it depends on the spice. I mean, we've had so many. I mean, we've got so many alcohols that are infused with spices and um, 
fruit, fruit flavors in general. Right. I mean, don't forget, we've got cinnamon everything now. And cinnamon's this is a spice. True. true. Cinnamon whiskey. If you've never had a, a, a shot of Fireball. That'll wake you up. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> and the cinnamon vodka over at um, our friends at Asylum Distillery will make you, uh, a shot of that will make you see the future. Um, yeah, that was that was strong. That was very strong. Uh, oof, but that was good stuff. Anyway, um, so I'm not opposed to spice in alcohol in general, and I mean, there's a lot of spices. I mean, think about think about like one of our old favorites. I'm going to infer the name mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby. When we have Rosemary's Baby, it's made with a lot. Of, it's nutmeggy. It's yep. uh, pump. It's pump. They use a lot of pumpkin spices in it. And even my beloved holiday ale has a ton of nutmeg and kind of like all spices in it. So there, I, I used both of my two favorite ones. You so did. now you have to pull up both sound bites and insert you did. them. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. People are going to be very confused. Well, <laughs> I actually, um, it's Newburgh Brewery. Newburgh. Newburgh. In Newburgh. New York. So I'm okay with um, it. I mean, time seems a little weird to me. It was a little weird. It's like if it's maybe the perfect beer if you're eating an Italian meal or pizza. I can see that because what it's really weird. You drink it, and it's like someone hits you in the face with a bushel of thyme. Oh boy! And then it, then it just instantly fades, and then it's the citrus New England IPA. Well, thyme is a very strong spice, so I can see that. it is. I, it's very like it it fades as fast as you taste it, which is I, really I weird. Think, so I think the answer is certain spices don't seem to naturally lend themselves. Certain ones do, so. I'll go that route. All right. I saw right. one today. What did I see in the store? I saw a beer and I went, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Allagash. Well, of course, it drew my wife's attention um, because it's a, it's a, a Saison, but it's a Saison Porter hybrid. How does that work? Uh, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, that's they're, they're two very distinct styles of beer, so I don't know how that would work at all, but... Okay, question the second is to me. Okay. Pick your poison. Oh, boy. Your hints are the New York Times. Okay. Or Derek Carr. Um, I'll go with Derek Carr. Excellent choice. I'm still going to talk about the New York Times later, but Derek Carr had his first official practice with uh, the new regime of the Oakland Raiders. Okay. And he described it as very natural. It did not feel like starting over at all. Good. The coach that they brought in for the quarterback coach is the same guy the Raiders had in his rookie year. And he said stepping onto the field under John Gruden's system and working with John Gruden's coaches did not feel at all like starting over. It felt like continuing where he left off in a very positive way. Okay. Does that report make you feel better about the Oakland Raiders' chances in 2018-19? That does, because if Carr is comfortable, then the rest of the offense would naturally just absorb that from him. Yeah. So I think it I think it's in they're in good shape. Um he is Gruden is very hard on quarterbacks, mm-hmm. so we'll see how the season progresses. The I believe the um ESPN prediction for them was nine and seven or ten and six. No, oh, once right. the schedule is I out. I can see that. So I, I yeah, it is a positive sign. I'm a big fan of Derek Carr from a fan, fantasy perspective, not from an NFL perspective, because I'm a Chiefs fan. Right. I don't want Derek Carr to succeed. I don't want Derek Carr to win games. I want Derek Carr to lose every game. Fifty three, fifty two. Playing Denver, and you have to start Derek Carr that week. 
Well, I'm fine with it. I want him to lose every single game 53 to 52 and have no rushing attack. I'm fine with that. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I, I do. I think this is going to be a year up. But as a quick aside, have, did you happen to look at any of the ESPN predictions? Do you know who they have winning the AFC West this year? Uh, is it the Chiefs? No. Who is it? They have the Chargers at 10 and 6 winning the division. Really? Aren't they still sharing a stadium? Well, yeah, but I mean, that doesn't matter. The Jets and Giants, the Giants have won yeah, a couple Super Bowls like that a, way. They're in a real stadium. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't see it. I just no. don't see it. Everybody's big on the Chargers coming into this season. I just don't see it. If you're listening to this and you're a Chargers fan, tell me why you're optimistic. Tell me what right now you're sitting there looking at it and saying, my team that granted started out really cold and got hot near the end is going to win 10 games this season. You tell me why that is, because I don't see it outside. Oh, well, Melvin Gordon. We had Melvin Gordon last year, and he was mostly healthy. Well, Philip River, you had him last yeah. year, and he was healthy the whole year. Well, Keenan Allen. Keenan <laughs> Allen didn't catch a ball for the first three weeks, but he no, was he there did. all year. I mean, you tell me why I should put 10 wins on the San Diego Chargers. I want to hear it, because I don't see it. I don't know. Did they get an upgrade in defense? No, I don't know a single person they've signed during the offseason. <laughs> I cannot off the top, top of my head tell you a single signing they've had. Hmm. So, question to third. Back to you. What do you got? Um, well, I guess this has to do with the draft, so I don't know if you just want to... You want to table it and I'll t- toss out question three? Yeah, co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay, question three, the one you neglected, the New right. York Times. New York Times. Earlier today, the New York Times reported they have obtained possession... Okay. Of an audio recording oh boy. from a meeting last October between player representatives and owners in the NFL okay. to discuss the kneeling protests. Okay. The audio recording supposedly, because they can't print it, they can't. They're printing excerpts that they can they can um, verify. Yeah. But they're not printing the full thing. Okay. The audio recording supposedly opens with Roger Goodell stating, "And let's keep this confidential." Well, now, right. okay. here we are six months later, we are. and the recording is, quote-unquote, leaked. From what I read in the article, and I know you haven't seen it, Kaepernick's name was mentioned once or twice, most right. prominently by Eric Reed, who is still unsigned and probably the next uh, victim of, of Kaepernick's support. I thought someone signed him. Did he? Okay, I if I missed that, then I apologize. That's not, that might be on me. But ahead, here's, no. here's basically the two sides of the argument in the, in the, the meeting. Owners were worried about PR, declining viewership, and declining ratings and income. The players were worried that the owners were not taking it seriously, and instead of trying to address the issue and give them the resources to address the issue, Mm -hmm. they were simply trying to put a Band-Aid on the situation. Okay. Multiple owners mentioned the T-word, the T-word, the best word. I know it, you know it, everybody knows it, including some guys who support the T-word. Okay. That were a little more more like, hey, we got to stop this before he starts tweeting again. We can't can't take this hit, the owners. So who's right in the kneeling controversy? Are the Uh, owners right for focusing on PR and trying to make sure no one loses money? Or the players right for focusing on the fact that that's just a band-aid. What we really need is social change and for owners to take a forward role in trying to help drive social change. Wow, that's a heavy question. Yes. Um, Eric Reed was signed, re-signed by the 49ers for a year. Oh, good for him. Good for him. He's a good player. He is. He's a good player. Um, 
then, you know, Kaepernick did go see the Seahawks. Supposedly that invite's still open. It's still open. Um, you know, last year he said he was done with the kneeling, and now this year he's rescinded that statement. So yeah. I'm just saying this about Kaepernick. Make up your mind, dude. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> he didn't say he was still going to kneel. What he did, what he refused to do was promise the Seahawks he would not kneel. So it was almost like a, he said he wouldn't. Right. He but when he the Seahawks came play. calling, they said, hey, before we bring you in, we want your word. Right. You're done with this. Right. Which and he was like, he man, last I, year. So he changed his mind somewhere right. between. But I mean, I, I think what it is, I think he was somewhat offended by them saying, well, you have to promise us you're not going to do this. You know what I mean? Right. But, and and I, I actually pitched this to my wife today because she's not a football fan, but she's very into social justice issues. And she was like, you know what? They're both right. The employer has the right to say, here's my policies. Take it or leave it. She says, Kaepernick is right to say, I feel this is a social injustice. I'm going to make this decision for myself. And they're being right. honest with each other. Well, that's good. But then Kaepernick can't complain that no one will sign him. Right. And that's that's, that's what I said. Problem. I said another thing, too, is he hasn't actually said anything, which is also. Well, he's got that lawsuit pending. Right. He's got the lawsuit pending and saying, no, I won't come in for a job interview does not usually fly well in the normal world with unemployment. <laughs> so usually. I can't imagine it would fly well in a discrimination lawsuit. But but um, anyway, back to the central yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this meeting happens. Right. His name comes up once or twice. The owners won't really talk about it. Right. The owners are worried about PR. The players are worried about social I justice. I guess it's like uh, your wife said. It's it's kind of. They both have legitimate arguments for each side i think it happened so fast last year the owners like didn't know what to do and that's why this meeting was called in october right they had such it was such a quick thing and then happened so fast they had Mm -hmm. no clue what to do and the response from the political side of it was so rapid and so hardcore yeah that that's what spurned this meeting and again you know they have to run you know they do have to run a business and if all of a sudden people stop showing up at the stadium now they have to move, you know, yeah. not that it's been that extreme unless you're the chargers, but <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think you've got a valid point. I think both sides have valid points. Here's where I go with it. You can't expect the owners to be worried about anything, but their bottom line. That's what they worry about. Part of your bottom line is a happy workforce. I'm going to go back and I don't remember the year, but there was uh way back when, uh, Ford Motor Company was actually founded, there was talk of unionizing and striking because they didn't feel like they were getting a, a, a livable wage. Right. Folks on the assembly line were not happy. And Ford held a meeting with them. I said, what do you want? You tell me what you want. And they outlined their demands and said, well, in order for us to make a living, here's what we need to make per hour, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to everyone's shock, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank his name. I want to say his name was William Ford, but I think that's his grandson. Ford said... Okay, everybody gets like a twenty-five cent an hour raise, which back then was like woohoo. You know, he he said, "You're right." He said, "I see your points. I want a happy workforce. I want a quality product. I want to stay in business. I'm going to do this." I don't see that coming from the NFL owners. The NFL owners approach this meeting as guys. We need to come together so you can stop doing this. You need, and one of the owners who I will not name said, "You need to tell your compadres to put a stop to this." <laughs> I'll give you one guess which owner that was. It's a Southern owner. It's one who's made comments about inmates running asylums. Titans owner? No. Bob McNair. Bob McNair reportedly. Not related to Steve McNair. No. Basically went back to the players and said, you guys need to fix this. 
that's not yeah. the way to so, approach this. I mean, this. if the NFL said, okay, you can't do this when you're in your team's uniform and you can't do it on the field, we'll help you do this blah, whatever, yeah. outside of football, fine. Just yeah. don't do it in this four-hour chunk of time. Mm-hmm. When you have an NFL logo on your shirt. Yeah. So Jake Long was one of the players in the meeting that confirmed that he was there and and spoke and confirmed what he said. And somebody said, what if we just funded a march on Washington? And sure, I think it was Jake, Jake Long or some one of the other players. I may be attributing this wrongly to Jake Long. So I'll just say one of the players said, I have three times as many eyes on me on a football field as I have during any televised news coverage of a walk or a march. And that's the point. If you have this tremendous medium, why wouldn't you use it? And if you don't want me to use it and you really care about keeping your fan base and everyone happy, then help us develop another medium so that we can use that. And I don't feel like the owner. So I'm kind of on the player side for the most part in this conversation, just because I feel like the owners approach it from a, you guys need to stop. Well, we need your help. No, no, you just need to stop. Yeah. And that was like, eh. Yeah, I could again. I can just I can see them saying, "Okay, you can't do it." When anytime you're on the field and have an NFL logo on your shirt, yeah, there's no doing that. Which legally you can do, right? Which I think a lot of people forget. Yes, when you are under the employ of somebody, your First Amendment rights are not automatic. Nope. So if your boss, if Britt's boss tells him he can't run around the office in a Superman cape and neon right. shorts, then he can't do that. I have a dress code <laughs> where I work. Not a formal dress code, but it talks about a p- appropriate dress and your supervisor can show can send you home. If I show up in a, a outfit that talks about social justice and someone in my office is offended, they can send me home. My First Amendment rights to wear that does not extend to work. I'm being paid for my time there. Same thing with the NFL owners. They don't have to allow this. Right. They can sit there and say, you guys are stopping this, and we're going to start fining everybody who does it. They don't have to allow you to do it. The fact that they kind of called the meeting, because, but, yeah. but think about how that makes you look. Because what's the first thing that's going to happen if the NFL says, no more kneeling, no one has allowed ever to kneel? 50 players are going to quietly go to the media and go, here's a transcript of the memo we got. It happened in Canada recently, not in the, in the CFL. But Canada passed some new laws regarding uh, break times and paid breaks. Tim Hortons. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I love Tim Hortons. Immediately put out a memo telling folks, hey, we can't afford to give you breaks anymore. Now the breaks have to be paid and this has to be done and we have to fund this. We can't afford to do it anymore. The first thing that happened is one of their employees turned around and went to a news station and said, take a look at this. And it was everywhere. And Tim Hortons looked terrible. Right. So the owners are not going to walk in there and say, no more. You can't do this because they know it's just going to. And if they're worried about PR, that's bad PR. That's very bad. So it's, I don't know. I just, I, I wish that I had read this article and it had been everybody came to the table and the owners had said, you guys need to stop this. And the players had said, well, give us some, a better medium. And the owners went, you got it. Will you stop kneeling? And the players went, you got it, man. And yeah, everybody had moved forward. Been happy. But they are it just reading this article, and I highly recommend it. It's on the New York Times. Reading this transcript, everyone is in such a different camp. Eric Reed brought up how, about how Kaepernick should have a job, and everybody agrees. And the Buffalo Bills owner was the next one to speak, and he immediately went to, you know what we need? A face of the league. Just ignored what Eric <laughs> Reed said. And it's like, what the hell, man? Come on. Now, I know you hate the political stuff, so let's move on. Yep. Because Craig is already like, oh, God, we just lost 30 of our 50 (laughs) listeners in the last five minutes. 
The guy's now dressed in... Now there's only three dogs. The guy, yeah, three <laughs> dogs, the guy, and, and Deb, and Sitch. <laughs> so we're up to four down the five listeners uh, right now. But you know what? I don't care. No, but it's, it's, a, it's a legitimate topic. It, it, it is, football. and we're not taking anybody's particular side. We're just saying, no. you guys still got to figure this out. And I just still think Kaepernick just needs to make up his mind what he wants to do. Just... You can't don't you, say I'm not going to do it and then say, OK, when are you coming for a job interview? OK, I, I may kneel again. Well, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, yeah. what are you doing? And I Pick understand. <laughs> I, I understand how he feels. And that's his right to sit right. there and say, I'm not willing to sacrifice this. But Just it's don't no complain. You don't have a job. then. But then you can't complain. You don't have a job. What was it? The old line from uh, Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Eddie can't find a job in seven years while he's holding out for a management position. Yeah, essentially. Like, <laughs> you know, I can't. T- I have cases like that in my job that I can't talk about because of confidentiality rules. But there are times in my life where I drive a, a job up to somebody's door and I'm like, this is the perfect job for you. It's a great entry level position. Let's do this. And they find a way to get out of it. They're like, eh, for whatever reason. And I'm just like, you're unemployed. You need to work. You want to work. You keep screaming you need a job, but I drive this job up to your door and you tell me to go to hell. I mean, <laughs> it's just frustrating. It just really yeah. is. So anyway, all right. All right. The draft, draft is literally stuff. a night away. Maybe you're listening to this while you're watching the draft. The latest reports out of Cleveland are chaos. Uh, they are. Um, apparently in Cleveland... Um only Dorsey knows who they're going to pick, and Hugh Jackson has no idea who it is. I, do you really think that, that that Dorsey knows who he's going to pick, though? I think he knows. I definitely believe that um, Hugh Jackson has no idea who Dorsey's going to decide on. Here, Here is what I think about the whole situation. That's right. That was a beer opening. That's what I think. Um, I don't think Dorsey knows what he wants. Really? I th- yeah. Yeah, you just don't think he's going to go with Darnold or Barkley? And call I it hear a day. that he's cooling on Darnold. Right. Well, I finally start stopped calling Darno. <laughs> Darnold. I heard he's cooling on Darnold. All right. I heard he's now looking at Mayfield and some others. That just really fuels my tin hat theory that they are going to take Saquon Barkley at one. If you don't care who falls to you at four, if you really are going to draft first and fourth. Yep. And you've got Darnold, Mayfield, Rosen, and Allen on the list. That's four name folks. Unless the laws of mathematics are broken, <laughs> you can take Saquon Barkley at one, and two of those four individuals are going to be available at the four pick. If you, you really don't something. care, if you think if you're if you're mad if you're doing matted math, and you've got one rated at eighty six, and one rated at eighty five, and one rated at eighty five, and one at eighty four, and you're like, well, that's close enough that I don't care. And you're looking at Saquon Barkley, a ninety eight star running back, and the next guy down is like an eighty five. You take Barkley at one, and you see who falls to you. Yeah, well, that that makes sense. But the other uh, the other thing I'm hearing is that they had, they know who they're going to take, or they they're going to take a quarterback at one. They're going to trade that four pick. They're going to wait to see what the Giants and the Jets do, and then they're going to trade out of that pick. Supposedly, they have a trade partner already willing in Denver. Really? Denver was drafting, what, six? Six or seven? Yeah, look that up really quick. Denver supposedly wants to hopscotch up to four and draft a QB, depending on what QB is there. Uh So... I, I don't know who to. I don't think that I really don't think they're trading out of the four. I don't. 
I don't. And I honestly... Broncos oh, are drafting fifth. They're drafting in the five spot? Mm-hmm. Then why the hell would they... Who's in the six? Colts. No, it wasn't them. Who's in seven? Buccaneers, Bears, 49ers, Oakland. No, I, I, the, the one I read definitely was not any of those teams. So then why would Denver jump to four? You don't care because you know they're not drafting two quarterbacks. No. The only reason Denver jumps to four is if... Uh, if they do take Saquon Barkley at one, which again, all right. So right now, Craig, but, yep. S- snap judgment. Yep. What are the odds percentage wise? Just give me a percentage chance. Okay. That they take something other than quarterback at one. As of right now on this podcast on the Wednesday before the draft. Yeah, because all of so either I'm a genius or you're going to be laughing your ass off at me on Friday. Uh, it's 50, 50. Really? I'm putting it like, 15% chance they don't draft a quarterback. They don't draft a quarterback. But I think they could do something. What if, else. now, what if... Hmm. What happens if they draft a quarterback and a Giants take Barkley? Who do they take a four? Chubb? Chubb or they're trading now. Now you're trading. Now you're absolutely on the phone for... Because we know Denver wants a quarterback. Right. Well, it doesn't mean they're definitely going to take a quarterback. They, they, probably, mean, they probably want a quarterback. Denver's quiet. When Denver is quiet like this, John Elway is plotting. <laughs> it, they're too quiet for me to think that they don't have two he names He hasn't had good luck drafting quarterbacks. Although, as Marvin Lewis Marvin Lewis was interviewed this week, and he was like, So, Marvin, you play in the same division as the, the Browns, and uh, the Browns are drafting first and fourth. What do you think? And he went... I think I got to draft later in that round, and until it's my pick, I don't know what to think because I don't know who's going to be on the board when my pick is up. <laughs> that's a valid answer. <laughs> and that's really, but I mean, that's what everybody's got to be thinking. I mean, if you're drafting, in, if you're Denver, you're in a five spot, you have to have five names on your list. Yeah. And what the hell do you do? This has happened to me in fantasy drafts. What do you do when somebody takes somebody outside those first five names? Now you have two names. On your list with one pick. Now you have two, and you pretty much have to flip a coin. Or you have to have a hierarchy. You have to have a defined hierarchy. If these two are available, I'm going with guy A or I'm going with guy B. You have to have it defined. Yep. I think that's where Denver is at. I think Denver is drafting quarterback. I think, okay, what I think should happen. (laughs) Okay. I think Barkley should go one. All right. I think the Giants draft quarterback at two. I think the Jets draft quarterback at three. I think the Browns drafted four quarterback. And I think Denver takes, depending on who's there, either takes Chubb or the quarterback that they wanted who slips to five. That's what I think should happen. What I think will happen is Cleveland will take a quarterback. They will take the wrong quarterback. Whoever it is. Whoever it is. Five years from now, we will look back on this and say they took the wrong guy. I hope it's not Baker Mayfield. (laughs) They will take the wrong guy. If the guy that they take is the guy the Giants wanted to replace Eli... The Giants will take Saquon Barkley. If they don't take the quarterback the Giants are looking at, the Giants will take quarterback. The Jets will take quarterback. And then Barkley may go in so the fourth So you line. don't think the Jets, if Barkley's there, you don't think the Jets would take him? No. The Jets need a quarterback. And they are in a perfect position to mentor somebody with... Um, McCown there and the dude from Buffalo whose name I'm completely blanking on. The other quarterback. Um, yes. Oh, for the love of hell. <laughs> they have two veteran guys there, is my point, that can mentor this guy, and he can probably be a, be a solid starter in year two or year three. He can, he'll be there. He'll be ready to roll. 
They have a veteran depth at quarterback. This is Tyrod t- Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. I knew it was a T word. How did I forget Tyrod's name? Who's that guy? And Teddy Bridgewater. Is Bridgewater there too? Uh, yeah, it's Bridgewater. Maybe where did Tyrod? No, no, Taylor Tyrod get? got traded. Isn't he in Miami? I want to look that up. That's what happens. In Teddy, the that's Teddy's. I knew it was a T Teddy word. Teddy Bridgewater is the is Jets. in the Jet. Is in right. New York. Right. So I knew I knew it was a T word. I just didn't remember which one it was. Um, Tyrod Taylor went to the Browns. Went to the Browns. Okay, yes. so he's going to be backing up along slash with Jarvis, along with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry, who I couldn't remember <laughs> last week. I was like, where the hell is Jarvis Landry? And the day after, I was like, where the hell is Jarvis Landry? He signs an extension to remind <laughs> me where he is. Um, what was I going with all this? I just uh, who are the Jets? You said the Jets need a quarterback. He fakes the fake. He pretends to fake. Because I said. You don't think the Jets are going to take Barkley if he's there? No. I think the Jets are absolutely looking for the next franchise quarterback. And now here's the problem. The last the next, time... The next Mark Sanchez. Is what you're I'm going to go for the, the, the next Ken O'Brien, man. Yeah, well, remember, Ken O'Brien was really good in college, and then yeah. that's not so much in the NFL. All right, so let's, let's talk about the modern era for a second. Let's divert from this for one quick second. I say to you, really great Jet quarterbacks... Of let's say the 21st century. So since well, let's go back even further. So of since the 90s. Okay. If I say to you in the last 27 years, mm-hmm. who do you think is the best or most productive Jet quarterback? Um, and get, you can come up with two or three names if you don't want to decide. You know, probably maybe Tessa Verde. and Pennington was consistent. He just didn't throw that far. Tessa Verde was drafted by the Browns. Pennington yeah. was drafted by the Jets. He was dressed by the Jets. But I think, you know, Favre got him deep into the playoffs, came from the Packers. He did. Testaverde came from out of town. I'm trying to think of who else. Mark Sanchez got drafted, and that was a Yeah, but, that was t- but he didn't do mistake. anything good. He did not do anything good for them. <laughs> no. I mean, if I look back at the Jets over the last 20 years, they have not developed a solid quarterback. Pennington's the closest they got, and that was that was not a good experiment at all. So, I, I think... Comparatively, it was. Right. There's well, compared all, then, to the others, there's, there's Browning Nagel. <laughs> but I mean, all most of the good quarterbacks, I think, in Jets for the last 20, 25 years have come from other teams. Other teams have developed them or they've gotten them from other squads. They haven't really had a homegrown quarterback. I think they're really looking for that. They want a franchise face right now and they don't have it. They simply don't have it. So no. I'm really liking this mosaic. By it's the way. better than, yeah, as you keep drinking it, it's. It's better as you drink it. Yeah, it's 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 really really pretty solid. I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of their toasted lager, which is probably their most famous beer. Um, but I, this is this is pretty solid. Uh, lately, I've been feeling like I wanted to find Stone Go To today. That's what I wanted to bring to the podcast. I could not find Stone Go To. Stone Go To, huh? Yeah, that's uh, it's a session IPA by Stone, but man, has it got a lot of hop flavor. I had it at the um, the hops company. And I really liked it a great deal. But, I mean, I'm really trying to go for session and lighter stuff right now just because, you know, Saturday. Um, <laughs> and that's the thing. I got to be honest. Saturday, I drank almost exclusively Road to Ruin. Nice. That's that's a double IPA, man. And that is not that is not easy going on the senses when you've had a couple <laughs> of them. So I'm trying to be a little bit better and a little bit lighter. So, um, all right. But anyway, back to the dress. So my, I, I do. So, all right. So let me... Craig, first five picks. Yep. Off the top of your head, don't have to give me names. If you want to give names, great. But what positions or and or names are going to go? So Cleveland at one. Who do they take? What do you think? Um, personal opinion. Personal opinion. I think they stay with Darnold. 
All right, Darnold goes one. Who goes two to the Giants? Uh, They're the wild card in all of They really are. Because they need a running back, but they also do need a quarterback. Though if they draft Barkley, that would give Manning probably another extra year. Or two. Because who do they have? They have Brandon Marshall? No. They released Brandon Marshall this week. Did they? Yes. No, they're running back. Who do they? Oh, Orleans Darkwa. Yeah. Orleans Dark was a fantasy genius. If you pick the one week a year, he's going to rush for 100 yards and three touchdowns. Like, I think, honestly, if you look at he's got one week, he's got 10 to 15 points fantasy-wise, and everything else is garbage. Yeah, who did they have last year? Besides with, Darkwa? With Stewart? Somebody else got hurt. Yeah, I don't... Drawing a blank on that, to be know. honest. No, they... Um, Sorry about that. They signed Jonathan Stewart this year. Yes. So you so. don't really, you've got a short, all right, so here's the thing. You've got aging veterans at two key offensive positions. Both of them are in drafts. All right, if you, you had do. to guess right now, yep. Darnold goes one. What are the Giants going to do? Uh, man, the Giants are such a huge question mark. That's why I'm asking your opinion. They really are. You're the GM. I think, you know, Jonathan Stewart, he's, he, not that he's old, he's 30. But it's thirty old. is old for it's right old now. in football, and he has been hurt randomly. Mm-hmm. I think they take Barkley. Okay, so Barkley goes two. Who goes three to the Jets then? Um, I think the Jets screwed up and take Mayfield. <laughs> I hope not. I've seen several sites that say that they take Mayfield, but I still don't think Mayfield belongs on a New York team, given his given his background. When was the last time we had New York teams drafting in the top three? Both at the same time. That's a good. Uh, that is a very. Good I mean, question. I think the year that Eli was drafted, the Jets were actually semi decent and were like a near playoff team. So they who drafted not... Eli and he didn't want to go there. The the, the Chargers. Chargers. That was the Chargers. after Ryan Leaf, right? Yes. Ryan Leaf was that was the like... same draft. No, no, that no, was no. the um. That was the... Ryan Leaf was in the late nineties. Manning was in two thousand four. Cripes, who did they get in that draft? They swapped people and picks. We'll have to look that up, too. Okay, we'll look that up later. We got <laughs> off topic on that. We got went a little back, back in the past. Okay, so wait a minute. So let's let's stay on track here. Yep. So Darnold 1, yep. Barkley 2, QB 3. QB number 3. To the Jets. Could be one of a couple yeah, different guys. Could be. But that, that preempts the next question. What does Cleveland then do it for? Barkley is gone. They've got their quarterback if of the future. Barkley what do you do? Barkley is gone. I think they take Chubb. You don't think they trade down to somebody who else is looking for a quarterback? No. You don't think New England calls with its 75 God. banked picks? God, no. How the way they funny get would that be? The way they get rid of quarterbacks? How funny would that be? I mean, we talk about... And, and again, we, we I, I, I just want to go on record and... and and say we don't hate New England. I I don't hate New England. I just think that it's easy to root against the evil empire, so to speak, and that's really <laughs> kind of what they've become. Much as people hate the Yankees, um, just because they're the Yankees, kind of thing. I'm not a big fan of Bill Belichick. I'm even slighter of a fan of Tom Brady. I don't like either of them, and I don't like their approach. But we are not total patriot haters here. Cinch was very upset with us last week because we came across as total <laughs> Patriot haters. And I understand his point of view. Uh, he was good about it, though. I mean, we appreciate his feedback. And he really is the voice of Patriot reason in this podcast. 
Because if I sit there and say, Tom Brady is an alien from Mars, I know Friday <laughs> afternoon I'm going to get a text message with an example saying, no, Tom Brady is not an alien. You guys are on crack. Um, so I know I appreciate him doing that. But I, how funny would it be with all these rumors and these unsubstantiated now, reports? Here's of, the thing I saw um, recently. The Browns are... There's no, the new rumor with the Browns is they're trying to decide between Josh Allen and Mayfield. And the answer is Josh Allen. Yeah. Baker, I just, I'm not he's impressed too, with Baker Mayfield. He's too out there. He's a giant question mark. Is he the new Ryan Leaf? Maybe. He could be. <laughs> he could be. All right, let's, all right, so here, let me, let me ask this. Name me a quarterback who entered the draft like a top five prospect-ish. Okay. Not even like, or top 10-ish. Okay. That had as many question marks around him behavior-wise as Baker Mayfield does that turned into a superstar. And for every single one that you were able to name, I can name two who totally busted. (laughs) Here, I'm going to give you a head start. Ready? I'm going to go Ryan Leaf and Johnny Manziel. Give me one who succeeded. Go. Johnny Manziel. That's what I was going to use. He's not a success. I want the success from you. Give me a questionable quarterback, a guy who had trouble in college, who got into trouble, who was a success at the NFL level. Yes. I can't think of one. You can't. At quarterback? No, I cannot think of one. You can't. But we could probably, if we looked at a list of draft players, we could probably still come up with another three or four quarterbacks with questionable pasts who did not work out. That just that, that amounted to nothing. Who are the quarterbacks who have come oh, out on the last... Hmm? What do you got? Oh, no, go on. go on. Who are the quarterbacks in the last 15 to 20 years who have worked out? Guys who have won Super Bowls or really done amazing things. Aaron Rodgers. You never heard crap about him in college. Nope. Eli Manning. Didn't he go Didn't he go to, like, Utah or BYU or something? Where did, where yep. did Eli go? I, yeah. Look it up. <laughs> Mississippi. Mississippi State. All right. I think. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> I don't know where people play college, damn it. But we know but do you know he didn't have problems? No, you, you know he was him. not well, arrested. Maybe, maybe now about selling uh, you know, selling jerseys he really didn't sign. Uh, but that's it. University of Mississippi. Mississippi. I knew it was down south. I just couldn't remember where. Peyton Manning, Tennessee, no problems. Tom nope. Brady, never in jail in Michigan. I'm trying to think of where else, who else we got. Who's who else is really good in the league right now? Matt Ryan went to Boston University. I don't remember ever seeing him involved in some Boston riots, throwing something and talking in a bad Boston accent. Don't remember it. Nope. I remember him coming into UConn Stadium a couple of years back and kicking the crap out of us. Boston College, not Boston University. I apologize. I said Boston, Boston University is Boston College. But what quarterbacks have come out and have been questionable and been decent? None that I can think of. Uh, what's his name from Tampa? Didn't he have a little bit of problem at Florida State? Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Well, every, I think everyone in Florida. Yeah, you go to Florida State. It's like you have to yeah. you have to have a felony to get into Florida State. Apparently, this is the first time in a very very long time that one of the receivers is going to get drafted in the top probably ten. Yeah, they're not known as a a a a, a school for like um for like wide receivers. They're really known as a non skill school and a quarterback school. But even their quarterbacks have not done fantastic. Why am I drawing a blank on the name of the Tampa Bay quarterback? I don't know. Dude just got hurt this year, <laughs> but he went to Florida State. But I'm thinking about other Florida State quarterbacks. Chris Winky didn't wow. amount to anything. There's a name. Charlie Ward J- decided uh, to go. Winston. Yes, thank you. Jameis Winston. 
uh, Charlie Ward decided to go play for the Knicks rather than than go into the NFL from from Florida State Remember as that? their quarterback. Yup. Uh, other Florida State quarterbacks. I'm drawing a blank. But none of them that have been really spectacular. None of them been really fantastic. Nope. So, so yes, I do worry about Baker Mayfield, and I don't think he's a top five prospect. I just don't. Cleveland, and if Cleveland does, then Cleveland should be shown video of Johnny Manziel walking out on draft day with a Browns hat on, <laughs> turning towards the crowd, and rubbing his fingers together to simulate counting money. <laughs> because if you don't remember, go look it up on YouTube. Johnny Manziel walks out, the place goes nuts, and he turns towards the crowd and makes the money symbol. He does. With his fingers. That is, and you know what? If you were not in the Browns war room and just went, oh, Jesus, we just made a terrible mistake, then you deserve to be working in the supermarket you're working in right now. All right, so I'm going to name you some um, Florida State quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. Go for it. Uh, Jameis Winston. Still has potential. I'm not giving up on Winston. I still think he'd be a great quarterback. Charlie Ward. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Played in the NBA instead of the NFL. Chris Winkie. Chris Winkie was 47 when he got to the NFL. (laughs) Christian Ponder. Wow. I forgot he went there. Where is he now? He's nowhere now. Oh, look. I'm looking outside your window. He's out there parking cars. (laughs) Go on. Um, Casey Weldon. I don't even think he played in the league. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Wow, and both two former Vikings on that list. Yeah. Go on. Um, Brad Johnson might be the best of the bunch right now. Wow. Uh, and the rest kind of just fade. Yeah. Fade away. <laughs> it's not a good list. It's not a good list. All right, so you're listening to oh, this on... EJ Emanuel. EJ Emanuel, but perpetual backup. Yes. You know. So you're listening to this on Friday. The first round of the draft is already over. So let's um, let's take a, a quick divert. Craig, let's go deep. Where do your Bengals draft in the first round? Uh, let's find out. And and where are they looking? What do you think the Bengals will do? They are going to draft. Dun, dun, dun. They are drafting 21st. And what are they looking for? All, they need to work on their offensive line. Absolutely. Their freaking offensive line is their is their main weakness. Oh, absolutely. And we've had that conversation multiple times. So I don't care how good Joe Mixon is. So they need to draft a center or a guard. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they get um, one there. And then after that, you know, maybe tight end, maybe some defensive players, but they yeah. need an offensive lineman. You know who the Chiefs are looking at in the first round, right? Who? Absolutely no one because we traded our pick. We don't have a first <laughs> rounder this year. Really? Who'd you trade it to? I don't remember. I think we traded it last year as part of the deal to move up to get, um, oh, God, Pat Mahomes. There you go. I'm tired today. Now he, he's the man now. Well, we hope he is. We had a conversation. Let me ask you this real quick. Yeah. Dynasty leagues. We're not. I'm not a part of any di- hardcore dynasty leagues. Maybe well, we should start one. Let's start a dynasty league. Right. Do you know how you ever seen? You ever been we to a dynasty to. league draft? We did a long time ago. But I mean, like after the first year, a dynasty league draft lasts five minutes. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty short. It's pretty brief. So we just need to get started, and then, and after that, somebody was asking: Is Pat Mahomes? What is what pick? Is Pat Mahomes worth in a dynasty draft? Is he worth a first rounder because he's so young? Would you hold on him? What do you think? Wow. He's kind of an unknown quantity because we haven't seen him play. He is. Other than that one game. I mean, 
But if the Chiefs had needed to win that game, they would not have started Pat Mahomes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest there. I think he's a hold. I mean, if uh, he's yeah, hold on to him. If he's if he's a starter for like the next five to ten years and he is decent, even just above average, then he's worth having on your roster. You know, I mean, I'm thinking like a 12 team league. But if somebody called me up and said, hey, I have the overall 11th pick. I want Pat Mahomes and I'll trade you the 11th pick. Would you do it? Keep in mind, it's Dynasty. You're really only drafting rookies and guys Mm. who were released. How many people are we keeping on the team in a Dynasty? Everybody. You keep everyone? Yes. Oh. This is a full Dynasty. You only draft players that are not already on a team. Oh, all right. So is he worth a first round pick? I it would depend on who you have now. Good point. Really? Good point. Let's assume like you have middle of the road guys. Like you've got three quarterbacks on your roster and you've got Mahomes, uh Josh McCown, okay. and Jameis Winston. And um, somebody says to you, I'll take Mahomes off your hands, but you're all, you're gonna get the eleventh overall, which means you're gonna get the eleventh best fantasy rookie, basically. Somebody you probably have to wait a year or two for them to develop. Would you do it? Uh, for that, no. Uh, that list, I would keep. Exactly. I That's what I'm thinking. I think, I, I think right now, he, his value, his potential value is very high, but it's hard to put an actual number on it. So I would absolutely hold Mahomes. Right. So we believe it or not, we have extra time. What else is on your mind, Craig? I mean, outside of the draft, or is there more draft stuff you want to discuss? Uh, there, I know what I'm trying to look up. What are you trying uh, to look I'm up? trying to find out who... The list of players the Browns have taken. Oh, there's a fantastic video. There's a fantastic video. Have you not seen the We Didn't Start the Fire remake with the Browns quarterbacks? Oh, no. Okay, so I believe it was Colin Cowherd's show. Um, Search We Didn't Start the Fire Cleveland Browns. And you will find a video where set to the song We Didn't Start the Fire, they list off in order every quarterback who has started for the Cleveland Browns over like the last 10 or 12 seasons. Um, so since the Browns came back in 1999. Yeah, let's go. Let's go right down the list. All right. Do you want to know who the quarterbacks they draft? Or you just want me to tell you who they've drafted since 1999? Just the quarterbacks. Let's just go down the quarterback list. 1999 at the one pick, they took Tim Couch. Uh-huh. And then we go. Let's see. Never draft a quarterback from Nebraska. <laughs> Name me somebody. Somebody text. Somebody tweet at me or text me. Who a good quarterback from Nebraska? Um, then in two thousand seven, with the twenty second pick, because they had two picks that year. Mm-hmm. The with the their first pick that year, they took Joe Thomas. And then the their second pick that year, the twenty second pick, they took Brady Quinn. Yep. They uh, drafted Brady Quinn. Yes. Yes, he ended did. up on the Chiefs. He did. He was on several teams. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think he was in Cleveland a year or two first, and then they caught yep. him or they traded him. And then in 2012, after the Brady Quinn experiment, they drafted Brandon Whedon. Oh, my God. With their 22nd pick. They had two picks that year again, too. They drafted Trent Richardson third that year. You know, I have a Trent Richardson rare in my house. It's you a, too. It's a Gypsy Queen mini that was only available at the National Sports Collectors that year. It was yep. the first time we went. And you, if you bought a certain number of Topps packs, you got to get one of these mini cards. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically because that was the year RG3 was drafted. Yep. And it was now Raven. It was now Raven. And 
we got there a little late on Saturday. Well, we got to the line a little late on Saturday. By the time we got there, all the RG3s were gone, but they had a bunch of Trent Richardsons. (laughs) So I have this (laughs) tiny little card. It might be about two inches by an inch. It's like literally like somebody shrunk a baseball card to this tiny size of Trent Richardson. And I just remember walking away saying, I got to hope this guy's good because this card might be worth money someday. It's a rare. There's only like a thousand of these in print. You never know. Well, now I know. Now you know. And it's not good news. Um, And then in 2014, they drafted Johnny Manziel. Money, money, money. Um, So they should stop drafting quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean... I almost, I almost think John North Dorsey needs to walk into that room tomorrow night and say, listen, we can't draft a goddamn quarterback. We're terrible at this. Let's take Saquon Barkley, and we'll get the quarterback on the backside at the four pick, okay? Is that all right with everybody? I don't care if it's all right with everybody. You're fired <laughs> if it's not, okay? We're done. I, I just, I, I don't know. The brown, and, and, and the, the, the chorus in that song I was telling you about is the Browns are a dumpster fire. Really? So yeah, instead of we didn't start the fire, it's the Browns or a dumpster fire because, wow. you know, I think if I remember correctly, the last line of the song is, you know, their season's done when it's still week one. Oh, yeah, because they're that bad. They are really that bad. And, they're you know, and they're named after the guy that started the Bengals. It's so sad. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. He's the guy who started the Bengals. Paul, Paul Brown. Paul Brown. Yeah. He, they're, the Browns are named after him. He owned both. You know, oh, yeah, that's. That's not uh, that's not a conflict of interest at all. Yeah, there was only like the ten teams back there. Yeah, back then. <laughs> yeah, you know the legend. The legend of the original eight teams is that they all met in Chicago to discuss um, forming this league, and they all talked about something like a hundred dollar ownership fee to start the league, nice. and not a single one of them paid. <laughs> like nice. not even a joke. Like they all said, "Yep, we'll all put a hundred dollars in it," and they all and not a single one of them supposedly paid the hundred dollars <laughs> to start their own league. So. Uh, owners. So anyway, uh, do we have any moves? Oh, well, we did have, we did have news out of Dallas. You'll be pleased to know that Jerry Jones has told the press that Des Bryant will not be returning to the Cowboys. He will not be playing for Jerry Jones. Yes. So Jerry Jones felt the need to tell you that Jerry Jones's decision to release Des Bryant is final and that Jerry Jones presents the Dallas Cowboys will not be resigning <laughs> Des Bryant, while Jerry Jones is in charge of the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Hashtag Jerry Jones. And where does Des Bryant go? I think, well, obviously he's going to sign after the draft at this point. I think that's part of why he's waiting. Um, I think I think he goes to New York. I really do. He goes to the Giants? I think he wants to go to the Giants. I think he wants to play Dallas, and I think he wants to stick it to Dallas. And he's looking around. Right, so let's look around the NFC East. Who needs a wide receiver? Philly's not going to add a wide receiver. They were they were so deep. Didn't they trade Nelson Aguilar? Did they? They traded somebody or they cut somebody. No, not out. Not not Aguilar. What's his name? The guy they got from the Bills. They cut him. Um, but Philly's not looking. Right. New York just cut Brandon Marshall. They've got the veteran slot open. I like that fit. True. Okay. And Manning's still there. Uh, who else in that division? Washington. Washington, uh, Washington's a tire fire. I mean, they really are. I, I would not sign in Washington. I mean, he wa- because that's the thing. He doesn't just want to sign with a team that's going to play the Cowboys. He wants to sign with a team that could potentially beat the Cowboys twice, which means winning in Dallas. And, and he wants to be on that field in week 18, a.k.a. wild card weekend, 
while the Dallas Cowboys are sitting at home doing nothing. That's what he wants. He wants to be in a playoff game, standing on the sideline with a little piece of paper that says, hi, Jerry, while he's playing in the playoffs and the Cowboys are not. That's his ultimate goal. So he wants to beat the Cowboys, and he wants to be in the playoffs. Philly can get him that. The Giants, if the Giants can pull together after the... If the Giants get a running back, maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the Giants don't need a ton of pieces. I mean, if Odell comes back and you add Des Bryant... I mean, part of the problem with Odell is... Can you have the two of those guys in the same locker room, though? Yes. You need to give them tranquilizers, but yes, you can. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think if, if Dez comes in... If Dez walks in there, and De, and I do think Dez Bryant is capable of this, Dez Bryant walks into the giant locker room and decides to be the veteran presence and say to Odell, you are an amazing talent. I once was in the exact same spot as you were, and I got a lot of tutelage from the guy under me. Here's two things I'm going to do for you. I'm going to help you improve. I'm going to help you prolong your career and get better. And two, I'm going to make sure you're not double covered on every play. You're not going to catch exactly as many balls as you think you should. But the ones you catch are going to get you more yards and more touchdowns because I'm on the other side of the field pulling coverage from you. Instead of going up against two or three that defenders, you're going up against one guy, and when you beat that one guy because you are just big and strong, you are going to score much more touchdowns. So you tell me what would you would rather have. Would you rather have 150 targets with 10 touchdowns or 120 targets with 15 touchdowns because that's what I'm going to get you by pulling, by pulling right. some of your targets. And Odell Beckham, as much as I have slighted him in this podcast, is going to say, yeah, dude, I am totally on board with that. Because <laughs> I don't want to go to the Browns. <laughs> I do not want to go to the Browns. I want and, and, and I want a bigger contract next year, so I want this to be my big year. And Des Bryant, the other thing is I'm going to teach you how to do is to stop being a jackass on the sidelines. When you Leave go to alone. <laughs> when you go to scream at Eli Manning, I'm going to be the guy between you telling you to shut up. When you think it's cool because you're going to propose to the net and you're talking about that in the locker room on a Friday, I'm going to tell you to cut that out. That's what I'm going to do for you because I've been there and I know what it's like. The freaking Cowboys hired a guy to follow me around at one point. <laughs> I forgot Remember about the that. escort? Remember the Bryant escort? That. Yes. There is, I, I've, I've made mistakes, but I, I, I can still play. I can help you. I can help the Giants. And at the end of the day, if you want to wear a Super Bowl ring, you want me on the other side of the field. And you think Odell Beckham's going to sit there and go, no? No, nah, I would assume not. I would of assume course not. he's not. I think that's the natural landing spot. I, I just do. I think that's a natural landing spot for him. Um, last question. Yeah. Um, how do you feel the Ravens are now that they have Willie Sneed? Is this, does this matter? <sighs> it's just another wide receiver going to Baltimore to die. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Willie Sneed was a total non-factor last year in New Orleans. He was suspended, and then he came back from suspension. They were like, oh, give him a week or two to brush off the rust, and he's going to be right in there. Ginn's catching the long ball, and Sneed's going to catch the stuff and and pull some of the traffic from Thomas. It took a whole week for the lead to realize you didn't need to worry about Willie Sneed. You don't need to worry about him. No. No, nope, you don't. So I, I, I no. A couple I think, years ago, fantasy wise, he was a good deep threat. But yes, but that now they had Ted Ginn, and that granted, Ted Ginn's getting older. Ted Ginn is not the Ted Ginn of five years ago, but still, you've got Cameron Meredith now. You've got right. Michael Thomas, and Cameron Meredith is to a lesser extent going to do the exact same thing for Michael Thomas that Des Bryant could do for Odell. You can ignore Willie Sneed, and you can ignore Ted Ginn unless he streaks. 
Ted Ginn right. does not catch passes over the center. He is not catching one pass for no, 15 yards. he just yards. runs straight. He runs hard and fast. So if you're a safety, the only time you're looking at Ted Ginn is when he's 5 or 10 yards past the line of scrimmage and the cornerback is behind him. Then you're going to cover Ted Ginn. With Cameron Meredith, you can't do that. And now you have a situation where I think New Orleans, I think Drew Brees, even at his age, I think New Orleans is an offense to watch fantasy-wise this year. I said that last year. They were? And the jerk sitting across from me took (laughs) Alvin Kamara when I wanted him, and he didn't even know who Alvin Kamara was until I started talking about him. So that drives me nuts. Um, But I I do. I think New Orleans is going to be an offense to watch this year. Now, Brees is getting older. He is. I could be wrong. He's going to finish his time in New Orleans. Yes, and I could be wrong. If Breeze's skills start to decline, it doesn't make a difference how good your wide receivers are. If the quarterback can't put right. the ball where it needs to be, that's not going to help. But I think that's going to be a big step up. I mean, Baltimore is a wide receiver graveyard. I mean, Mike Wallace went there to die. Where's Mike Wallace now? Is he still yeah, in Baltimore? No, I don't think so. I mean, he went there to die. Who else went to Baltimore? I'm going to go way back. Remember Michael Jackson, who was yeah. so good with the Browns, who was like the one bright spot in the Browns, and he signed a big contract with the Ravens and disappeared? I'm trying to think of who else has been on that team. Who else has yeah. been there the last um, couple of years? Smith was on there. Which Smith? There's 500 guys in the um, league named Smith. That's true. Oh, uh, what's two. his name? What's his name from? Um, oh, cripes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that guy? The guy from Carolina is who you're thinking about, Smith. Why am I yep. drawing a blank on his first name? He's such a class act guy. Uh, Michael Crabtree is there. <sighs> Again, exiled. Baltimore is where uh, wide John receivers... John Brown went there. Jo- John Brown is there now? Yeah, he left the Cardinals. He left the Cardinals or the Cardinals got rid of him? Because uh, I could see either. That's a good question. I could see either. But again, John, this is where people go to die. Is that <laughs> Jimmy Smith? Are we thinking about Jimmy Smith? Yes. Jimmy Smith went there to die. That Baltimore nobody nobody goes to Baltimore and gets better as a wide receiver. It just doesn't. Wow! Happen. Two hours ago, what's happened? Des Bryant turned down a multi-year contract with the Ravens because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> he wants to have a career. <laughs> he wants to have a career. <laughs> I, and that's like what free agents typically free agents don't want to go to places like Cleveland because they're always bad. Unless you're Jarvis Landry. He got traded. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't get a get choice. Tra- he didn't have a choice. It wasn't a free agency move. He got <laughs> traded. I mean, that's the thing. That's the time. The only time people go to Cleveland is when they're traded. And I'm telling you right now, I think they vomit a little bit in their mouths when their PR people are writing, I'm so excited to be a Brown on a piece of paper. I'm excited to be contributing to Cleveland. Right, so you're ready for some, some Ravens uh, receivers? Yes. Steve Smith. That's what Steve I'm thinking of. Smith is the one we're thinking of. Yes. And Steve, but he was very, he was in the twilight of his career. He just wanted to play for a couple more years and he was good there. All right. But I think he's actually probably going to be the exception to the rule. Go on. Uh, Anquan Bolden. Died there. Derek Mason. Died. Tory Smith. Dead. Well, where's Tory now? Is he still there? Um, Exile from San Francisco. I think he's still there. I he might have been cut. He might be cut. All right. But anyway, he, he, he did nothing there. Uh, Quadre Ishmael. Oh, he did nothing anywhere, so... Uh, Mike Wallace. Mike Wallace died there. Mark Clayton. Wow, I forgot about him. He died there, too. Uh, Jeremy Macklin. Died. <laughs> careers, careers died. Wide rest, receiver career died And then there. the rest fade away. Yeah, I mean, then that's, that's, that is saying something. When you say after Jeremy Macklin, people have faded away... <laughs> 
I cannot think of a single wide receiver who went to Baltimore since Joe Flacco has been there whose numbers went up. Joe Flacco is not going to make you a star receiver. No, he's not. He's going to win you games. He is but yes. He's he a, he's not, a field general. He is not going to make you a star. I mean, and this is a team that's been to the the the, the Super Bowl twice in like the last fifteen years. Yeah. They have a win back when Ray Lewis was playing. Yep. And then they lose, or did they beat San Francisco? No, they won that game too. We'll look that the up. The Brothers Bowl. Remember when it was Harbaugh versus Harbaugh? Oh, that's right. Was it San Francisco? Harbaugh was it San Francisco? Um, and the answer to the internet is. Yeah, they won in 2001 and 2013. Yes. So in the last 15 years, they have, or 16 years, they have two Super Bowl wins. And it's with Joe Flacco. Joe was the, no, no, Joe Flacco was not the quarterback in 2001. That was Trent Dilfer's team. Yes. But in 2013, and again, Trent Dilfer is not headlining the (laughs) Hall of Fame class. No, but he has a Super Bowl win. But he has a Super Bowl win. And I, I think, and I've had that conversation with other people. If you say who's the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl in the modern era, Trent Dilfer's name comes up quite a bit, quite a bit. And you know, yeah. the other name that comes up is probably Joe Flacco. No, I mean he's consistent. He's not going to make any headlines. He's and, not. But gonna, he's not going to cost you the game. He's not going to cost you the game. He's not going to throw for four hundred yards. He's not going to have two hundred yard receivers, but he's going to win games. <laughs> So I mean, there's there's that, but the and, and that's Baltimore's in the Baltimore's in what the AFC North. Yep. So that's Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincy, and Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. No wonder Pittsburgh wins that division every year. Seriously, no wonder. Well, um, our buddies at uh, 360 degree football have uh, the Steelers going 14 and two, by the way, and winning really? their first six games. With how much they hate each other at this point. What 360 football? No, 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 the Steelers. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's a big Steeler fan. Oh, he is, yeah. He's a huge Steeler fan. And let me just, I'm going to go on record right now, just over an hour and two minutes into the podcast, on the 25th of April, I am going down on statement right now. I believe that the Kansas City Chiefs will walk into Heinz Field in week two and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers so soundly that with two (laughs) minutes to go, the stadium will be half empty. Wow. I am going on a record right there. And if I'm wrong, then I will praise 360 football all he wants. <laughs> he has got them starting 6-0. and oh. I do not have them getting undefeated past week two. I don't have really? it. Just don't have it. Their schedule is not easy. I, I have them at 10 wins. He has them at 14. The only other team he has at 14 wins is the Patriots. <laughs> it's <What>? not happening. <laughs> He's got the Patriots at 14-2. and two. But the same argument. They play in a really crappy division. Who's beating the Patriots in the AFC AFC East? Who? The Jets randomly, but that's about one. It. All right, there's one. <laughs> there's so that one. that makes them what five and one in division? Mostly yes. So that means they just need to go not, nine like, and one. Miami's outside? not beating them. Miami's not beating them. Buffalo's not Buffalo, beating them. Buffalo's problem is they beat them for three quarters, and then they just Buffalo just stops yes. playing. Yeah, so you're telling me that they that they can't go probably they can't win like nine out of ten games outside their division. They're probably going to do it. They're probably going to do it. So, uh, you know, I'm not, and I don't. I think the Chiefs are a, a ten win team this year. I don't think that they're fantastic. And if things don't go well with the Mahomes experience, I'm going to say ten and six is the number. 
Okay. But you can flip those two numbers if the Mahomes experiment goes poorly. <laughs> I'm dead serious. This is a 10-win team or it's a 6-win team. It's entirely possible. But I say that and I have full confidence they are going to walk into Heinz Field and do bad things to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bad, bad. things. Involving ketchup? Well, yeah. <laughs> Maybe throwing socks, too. Who knows? We'll find out. All right. Final thoughts. Let's All wrap right. this up. I'm going to go have at home and have some dinner. Um. Wow, it's uh, we've uh, run to a new season already. Yes, yes. And we thought uh, this off season was going to be rough. Yeah, you say that every week. Now. I, know, yeah, I know. I mean, every week. But now it's a new season officially. Yeah. Although not a new season of this podcast. So that's, no, uh, that summer. will be happening the first week of July when we officially shift into draft mode. That's our plan for the podcast. We will be doing, um, you know, analysis and team previews. We're probably what we're probably going to spend most of May and June doing, or at least most of June doing, is divisional previews. What we think of teams from an NFL perspective. Come the first week of July, we are shifting completely into season-long fantasy mode, and then once the season begins or once the drafts are over, we'll shift into DFS slash seasonal mode. So you know, April and May will probably be a lot of draft review, a lot of talk about what teams did and shouldn't do, news that pops up. But then once we hit June, it's going to be team previews. Once it's July, it's going to be seasonal fantasy preview. Once we hit August, it's going to be like, what the hell do I do now that I drafted my team and it stinks? That's right. We're going to go right into business here. Deb so Deb is going to be thrilled. What's that? I said Deb is going to be thrilled. Deb is going to be absolutely the edge of her seat. Cannot <laughs> wait to hear our thoughts on the viability of the San Francisco 49ers in 2018 and beyond. I, I, I'm going to... Uh. I may title it the, the Deb episode. It'll be AFC, NFC West preview and Deb. We should get Deb on here to talk about how much she hates football. We really. should. Why do you listen to us, Deb? We love you. Honestly, you've been a friend of ours for years. But why do you listen to this? Why? Uh, I know. She, she has a long drive to work. Yeah. Is that when she listens to it? I think I figured so. she put headphones on at work just to drown out the background noise because she's a programmer and just veges out. So... Anyway, final thoughts on my end. Enjoy the NFL draft weekend. Don't ever forget that while the big names go in round one and two, future Hall of Famers lurk in rounds five through seven every single year. Guys like Terrell Davis, Tom oh. Brady, uh, trying to think of other ones. Ray Wasn't Ray Lewis like a fourth or fifth rounder? He might have been. Yeah, he was know. later on. He was like, Hall of Fame names dwell in those later rounds. Don't ever forget that while the big thing, while everybody shows up for day one, the the, the bigger name, the bigger names go in day one. The best names sometimes come out of the later rounds. So not necessarily have to sit there and watch the whole draft, but make sure you follow up and learn about the guys at your team's draft. And uh, and congratulations to uh, the NFL draft presented by Jerry Jones, hosted this year <laughs> in Dallas in the stadium and facility owned by Jerry Jones, starring Jerry Jones. And I'm going to go out on record right now and say the number one overall draft pick of the Cleveland Browns will be Jerry Jones. So <laughs> I just I can't. I, I, I think the cycle with him is done. And I go looking at NFL news today just to see if there's anything I miss. And I stumble upon that Times article. And what's the second one down? Jerry, Jerry Jones. Jones says Des Bryant <laughs> is done with the Cowboys. I figured that last week, dopey. <laughs> 
You didn't come out. Nobody came out of that conversation saying we're just restructuring his contract. Nobody panicked. Des Bryant sent a thank you and goodbye tweet when he walked out of the meeting. <laughs> no one thought he was coming back to the Cowboys. So why do you need to keep talking about this? Because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones needs to be at the top of the news cycle. Yes. He seriously is the T word of the NFL. If he is not trending, then there's a problem. Scary, isn't it? I'm not going to go on a political rant about funerals and people who tweet during funerals, but <laughs> it's essentially the same thing. If Jerry Jones wakes up in the morning and his name is not in a headline somewhere in the sports section, he makes it happen. I just, I don't get it. Don't get it. I don't know. I don't get it. And he then he's shocked when the player, and he's shocked when his players aren't humble. <laughs> I wonder where they get it from. Yeah, seriously. Freaking <laughs> leadership like that starts at the top. Dopey. Make it happen. Well, this was a Fiona-less episode, too. So it was. F- she was downstairs asleep. Uh, okay, so we'll go wake Fiona up. But in the meantime, everyone, enjoy the draft. Keep an eye on those later rounds. You never know who's going to come from. They usually come from smaller schools, and they're guys nope. you've never heard of. But two or three years from now, they could be a first-rounder right. in your fantasy Pay draft. Pay attention to whoever, uh, whoever Denver drafts at running back. Yes. Denver running backs tend to be really good. I mean, I think C.J. Anderson's going to be... Is he signed anywhere yet? Not that I've saw. He will, and when he does, he's going to be, be... I think he's going to make a difference. I think it was just a bad environment for him last year, so we'll see what happens. But in the meantime, I am Britt. I'm Craig. We are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>